Hi everyone! Hi! And welcome to another edition of Superman's Other Pals, a podcast where I, Gary Rowland, Are you okay? go through an issue of Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen Why with are you doing this? my daughter Ella Plum Rowland. And together I am a robot. No, you're not. Beep, 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 must kill, must kill. Nope. What is love? <laughs> Why? I don't know. I just thought I'd break it up. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe some warning next time? No, it is better <laughs> to be in the moment and get a le- and get a genuine reaction from you. Beep boop beep. <laughs> okay. Now let's get on with the story. This is how I am going to go through the go through the episode. If you insist on going through this whole episode like that, I'm just gonna get up and walk (laughs) out of this studio right now. (laughs) Swear to God. What? (laughs) Ah, we have fun. Okay, so. (laughs) You know, this is our first post-holiday before school starts episode. You know, I have no idea what that... But anyway, we will then... It's after the holidays before school starts. Right. So so there's nothing to celebrate anymore. We're all celebrated out. Yeah. And all we're going to do is just... I don't know. Anyway, but it doesn't really matter because it wasn't much of a celebration anyway. And we were off during the holiday. And now we're back. Okay. All right, so we'll start like we always start with in the cover. with the cover. The cover being Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. This is issue number sixty-four, which Ooh. is October of nineteen. We're in nineteen sixty-three already, right? Nope, still nineteen sixty-two. We are in October of nineteen sixty-two, which means this was released sometime in like July or August. Probably August. And then that is what is going on there. And and I will Stop. return to my regular voice. All right. Thank you. So uh, it is 12 cents, and we see Jimmy. Jimmy is talking to a woman. A blonde lady. A blonde lady. With big hair. Right, with big puffy hair and like a... Glowy jewel in her hair. A weird... One of those weird headband things that just goes across your forehead. I think it's a tiara, but it's not a tiara. It's like a tiara that's just like stuck to your head. Yeah, it looks like she just like glued a bunch of glitter onto her forehead. Right, it's not a crown. Do you know know what the difference between a crown and a tiara is? Crown goes all the way around your head. That is correct. Tiara just goes part of the way around your head. That is the correct. That is why, you know, the princesses, like the runners-up in beauty pageants get tiaras and the queen gets a crown. Okay. I, I don't really care much about beauty pageants, so... Okay. Um, so, so... Why Jimmy... is this relevant? <laughs> Just fun fact. I don't know. Jimmy Olsen has then thrown away a picture of an autographed photo of Lucy, Lucy Lane, Lane that says to Jimmy from Lucy. And the woman in the in the uh the woman in the monitor says, Jimmy dear, on Earth you're a mere mortal, but if you come to my planet to marry me, the rays of our double suns will give you powers like Superman's. And then sur- there's uh Jimmy Olsen who is imagining himself as Superman, saying, Golly, this gorgeous space doll is wild about me. She's offering me marriage and superpowers. Who needs Lucy Lane now? He has raised the bar so high to get over Lucy Lane. Well, this is just something that fell in his lap, much like the woman from another planet who... Wanted to marry him as well? Right, make him one of her her harem or a, a harem. 
No, I'm not the only person who would say Hiram. You know how, like, men can't actually do the thing that women do? You know, like, like instead of a, a handbag, it's a man bag. Instead of having a male nanny, you have a manny. You know, yeah, I in don't case understand of a, that. Instead of how a, a woman gets cancer, a man gets mancer. No. Okay. <laughs> Maybe no. not. All right, so... It's featuring Jimmy Olsen's Super Romance. I think this is, I think people are just, I think enough people have written in now. Saying that Lucy's saying not right for Jimmy. Lucy's an awful person. She is constantly berate, like, basically, Jimmy can do a million times better than Lucy. Why would he be with this woman who hates, who seems to just, like, think nothing of him, and yet, you know, he can do much better. So they are now providing opportunities. But apparently, can't do better with anybody on Earth. Has to go yeah. to other planets. I don't know, different planets probably have different beauty standards, so he'd probably find a planet where, like, he is the ideal person. But apparently, uh, women from other planets really dig redheads. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Lana Lang is a redhead. Yeah, I know. She's the only other one. In the entire DC <laughs> universe? Certainly in Metropolis. Although maybe, did she move? She must have moved to Metropolis at some point. That's why they're competing for Superman in Superman's uh, girlfriend, uh, Lois Lane. All right, so then we get to the inside cover. And the inside cover, it says, Nature's Prize Pupil. And then it says, A bat has his own built-in radar, which by which he flies. But man has invented ways to see and hear beyond the range of his eyes and ears by periscope and radar. A bird like the water owl can walk on the bottom of a stream and fly through the water. But man can explore beneath the seas and the, with the aid of oxygen mask and flippers. Frogs can live at 15 degrees below zero. But man can protect himself with special warm clothing to live in even colder climates. Yes, nature's ways are amazing and man is the most amazing because by reading and observing and understanding the world about him, he constantly enriches himself. I mean, they're not wrong. Right. But this is kind of just like... Yay, humans! Yeah! <laughs> humans are better than everything! I don't think anything else has done nearly as much planet damage to this planet as the humans have. But yay, humans! The only thing, perhaps, that they can't realize is that resources are finite. Well, no, I think they realize it. They just don't care. As long as there's money to be made, I guess. And some people would say, what's wrong with it? And those people are part of the issue. Yeah, but somehow... Planets are good. <laughs> Destroying them is not. Somehow I feel as though we have gotten... <laughs> Published as a public service announcement in cooperation with the National Social Welfare Re Assembly, coordinating organization for national health, welfare, and recreation agencies of the U.S. Wait, I have a question. Sure. Okay. What constitutes a public service announcement? Because a lot of the time, like, it's just like, hey, idiots, read and become less idiot idiotic. Or, hey, we're people, aren't we great? Like, there's not a whole lot of, like... Right. I mean, you know, public what, service announcements what are... What constitutes a public service announcement? Because sometimes it seems like an actual thing of, like, hey, don't be an idiot, follow the common sense, and maybe do this and your life will be better. But this is just kind of like, hey, look at us, we're great, aren't we? Um, public service announcements are... I guess they're sort of set out by government agencies or people who want to raise awareness... Basically anything that's not advertising a product or service. 
has a very broad range of things. Yes, and they're generally done pro bono, which is why so many of them are less than great. That, you know, gave us the, this is your brain on drugs. Um, the scrambled egg thing. Just say no. Don't mess with Texas. Do you know about don't mess with Texas? No. There are all these... I've heard of... There are all these bumper stickers. So there, there was this campaign. It was don't mess with Texas. And it actually just started, I think it was by the Texas Highway Authority. It basically was like, don't, th- don't trash, don't throw trash out your window on the, on the freeway, which then turned into, you know, Texas is badass, don't mess with us. And people forgot all, as they, people, people you know. People forgot the don't litter and right, were just like, hey, the, look at us. People would say don't mess with Texas as they threw their empties out of their window. All right, so that brings us to our first story. Do you want to read the first story or shall I? Uh, you. All right, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. How's this for a dramatic scene? Readers, our own Jimmy Olsen doing a death scene out of Hollywood. There's only one thing wrong. Jimmy's not acting. This is the real thing. Can you guess how Jimmy gets out of this jam? We warn you in advance. This story ends with a terrific surprise. As a matter of fact, it has what movies call a thriller ending. Will you? The, we challenge you to guess the outcome of Jimmy Olsen, Hollywood star. And there we see Jimmy Olsen. He is drowning in quicksand. In quicksand. This is, you know, before there was all that science that came out that said, you know, quicksand's not really dangerous. And it's not as prevalent as you think it is. (laughs) Like, you know, things, it is one of those, like, things in movies and TV that just don't occur as much in real life. As they want you to. Exactly. Like amnesia. Like, uh, you know, we have a, 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 according to television and Everyone is constantly suffering from amnesia. Every single case of head trauma there is ever. Right. That there's always that there's this rash of amnesia, especially among spies. And people spend a lot of time looking at themselves in a mirror. Yep. I always feel like people spend the amount of time that people spend looking at themselves in a mirror is not as much as they show it on the TV. Mm -hmm. And villains being smug self-important jerks. I don't think that's a real thing. I think that they can be arrogant and they can be like full of themselves, but I don't think that they're ever as quippy as they are in the TV. This is a recently, this is a recent thing that I have thought about. Like, you know, they just usually aren't that pithy. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, it starts that Jimmy is working on a, he's working on a skyscraper on an I-beam. This is when uh, that was way more thought about. A lot more people worked on I-beams before, like, no. before now, in the modern day. So he is falling off the, he's falling, ah, my foot slipped, ah! But Jimmy, of course, uses his supersonic signal, Jimmy, and then is picked up by Superman, Ooh. who then drops Jimmy, and we find out that... Drops Jimmy. He puts Jimmy on the, on the ground. Yeah. And then uh, Jimmy's rescue is just a movie stunt being performed at the famed Television City on the coast. Hollywood. Yes. Well, yeah, it's weird. They don't call it Hollywood. I mean, They've it's and it's it called Hollywood before, though. and it's called Jimmy Olsen's Hollywood store, Story and it's Hollywood Star. And Jimmy Olsen has gone to Hollywood. I wonder if they just mean Television City in Hollywood. Do you know about Television City in Hollywood? No, but I imagine it's where a lot of television shows are filmed. Yes, and it's. Do you know where the Grove is? Vaguely. It's on the west side of Los Angeles, at the at the corner of you know where the farmers market is on the current corner of Third and Fairfax. Sure. Okay. Well, right before 
If you're coming east on... I don't think we need actual directions. Anyway, so it's a big studio. Okay. Where they film a lot of television, not really movies. Like, that's where they film... The thing that I know off the top of my head definitely is uh, The Price is Right. Oh. They probably also film Let's Make a Deal. But it's, yeah, they used to, and occasionally, you'll you'll hear in the beginning of a game show, they'll say, from Television City in Hollywood. That's it. So okay. it's just his place. So, so they're doing the last scene in the script, and uh, apparently, I guess, this, in this thing, they're, sh- they're shooting a documentary, a TV documentary called The Superman Story. And he is there, and I guess they shot the last scene, and then... So Superman has got to go, and they're on a mission into the future to help out the Legion of Superheroes. They created this. I think that's one of the reasons why they created the 31st century group is so that to give Superman and Supergirl a way to be out instead of just being sort of in in space somewhere. And Jimmy's like, okay, well, I'll stay here and I got to write a feature story. So Jimmy is there and he's like, hey, don't worry about a thing, Superman. I'll be fine. What could possibly go wrong? And Jimmy, so Superman's like flies away and is like, I'm going to the future. Stay out of trouble for a while. Uh, Stay out of trouble while we're gone. He's basically like a dad leaving his children. Who have tried to burn down the house multiple times. Right. Without a babysitter. Right. And then is like, I'm sure it'll be fine this time. Exactly. So. Ignoring that one time that he came home to like Jimmy strapped to the ceiling with duct tape by duct tape. Just being like, help me. Exactly. So, as soon as he's finished, he runs into a security guard who asks Jimmy for his autograph. And then, as he's talking to the guy, he sees a... Black figure. For Rox Saxon, who is a racketeer of some kind. And he's like, he's supposed to testify at trial. And so Jimmy was afraid that he had come to kill him. Turns out, was a wax figure. Yep. And then, he goes to the commissary, which is basically the... Uh, the cafeteria. The cafeteria. The lunchroom. At the time, lunchrooms were supposedly this place where all kinds of celebrities and movie stars hung out. And in this case, this one is no, this one is no exception. No exception. In fact, it is just chock full of important celebrities okay. in the commissary. Okay. Now, don't don't be mad. You don't know who any of these people are. Correct. Right. Of course. Some of them I don't even know who they are. I know the guy who shows up a few panels later, vaguely. Uh, but... So they, yeah, so this actually becomes a contest later on in the issue where they're like, can you identify the famous celebrity shown here? And in the letters department, they will talk about who all these celebrities are. You know, I could throw out a couple of names like that I can definitely see. I see Phil Silvers. I see James Arness. Okay. I see Lloyd Bridges. Okay. I see the guy who's a silhouette, this guy right here. Yeah. That's, Win- not Winston Churchill, the other gun, the other one, Alfred Hitchcock. I see, uh, because he did a show called Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and the only thing that you saw was his silhouette. Was his, his silhouette. Then there was, uh, that's Groucho Marx. That's Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, I know who that is. I know who Elizabeth Taylor is. I think that's supposed to be Jerry Lewis. I think that's supposed to be Dean Martin. Okay. Who Who's the red-haired lady in the corner on the left? I don't know. Okay. So, you know, that's so that's that's going on. So they, they've decided that they're going to stick a... Uh, and I think it was Kurt and Swan. This, this particular panel is drawn by Kurt Swan the very famous Superman artist at the time. Oh, 
who does, I think, the pencils for a lot of what's in here, or a lot, basically a lot of the artwork for Superman in general. But yeah. he, in this case, I guess, wrote, uh, occasionally like likes to try out his celebrity, his drawings. celebrity drawings. So uh, Jimmy walks around, and he, where he runs into Bizarro. And bizarre. he's like, what are you doing here? He's like, uh, me, we make movies just like Superman. But first, get camera ready by taking out the film. Because that's what Bizarros do. But it turns out that Bizarro is actually Bob Hope. Vaguely know who that is. He's a, he, he's a guy who's kind of talking like this. Ah, ah. That voice annoys me, like, a lot. Boy, that hair, gosh, she's something Stop. else. Ah. Oh, God. <laughs> Moving on. He was a he was a comedic icon yeah, for so long. He entertained a lot of troops. Your impression of him annoys my head. Hosted <laughs> and he hosted the Oscars a number of times. Anyway, so he then Like I said, I vaguely know who he is. So then then so basically this is like one of those things where uh, it's kind of like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory where they just take him to various rooms where he gets to observe stuff happening. Like, you know... It's like he's on a tour. Exactly. And then he goes into this place where there are all these pirate women and then he goes, yum! Oh, God. Look at all those dolls in pirate costumes. Oh, God. So while, while they're filming, a pirate, uh, a, a, a parrot escapes. And so what Jimmy Olsen does is apparently Professor Potter... Lex Luthor. Has figured out... How to make more of the elastic lad potion. And then, you know, so instead of like... it to Jimmy. Instead of like... Again. Instead of like the thing where it's like, you know, oh, there's only a swallow left in this. Oh, the fumes of it. Oh, you know, I'll drink it, but there won't be that much left. So basically, so this is just a thing of just like... Well, we got more. Right. Well, I got more. Now I can just get it whenever I want. So he becomes elastic lad and grabs the parrot and... Uh, all the women kiss him, and then he uses his arms to hug them all. And then he runs into James Arness. Uh, he is—he was the lead on Gunsmoke. Now, Gunsmoke, Gunsmoke was a western. I'm not exactly sure what the plot of it was. I know that. But there was a lot of shooting at each other. I think it was just uh, he went from place to place, ran into a bunch of people. In fact, when Star Trek first came out, they called it Gunsmoke in Space. Um, yeah, that would make sense. So uh, just kind of him going places and things happening. Yes. And my dad used to say, uh, was it, it was The Untouchables. There was a show called The Untouchables, which was about gangsters. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was referred to in certain circles as using a derogatory term for Italian, um, gun smoke. It was called Guinea gun smoke. Guinea is a, retali- is a, is a, uh, is a derogatory term for Italian. Which I will just, it was something that was done at the time. So then, uh, he then, in, so he, he's done. He, he, so Jimmy interviews James Arness and he's like, hey, great. So then he wanders around a little bit more where there's a sign that says danger, quicksand area. Oh my God. And, and then he's like, I'm going to go in check a, it out. In a studio, apparently they made a deadly quicksand pit. Okay, so I have a question. <laughs> I have time for three more. You have time for more than three more. Okay, you there. Podcast with no set time on it. You there? Yes. I'll I'm take your question. I'm the only one here. No follow-ups. Go ahead. I can make no promises on the no follow-ups thing. Go ahead. So, in a movie studio. Yes. Um, if they were to have quicksand, theoretically. Yes. They probably wouldn't have it any higher than like waist deep, and so as they're sinking, they just kind of start like slowly. Leaning 
kneeling down in the sand to make sure that they don't, like, actually die or suffocate, and they're actually able to get out afterwards. Yes. Okay. If they actually used quicksand at, at all, all. I know. Uh, that they Clearly didn't... here they did. Right. But then it turns out that this was actually a trap set up by Rock Saxon, who wants to kill Jimmy so that he can't testify for him so he can get off scot-free. No, but the quicksand was already there. Why is it, like, ten feet deep? <laughs> I don't know. So, Why would they do that? I'm not. I'm not sure. So, uh, Rox leaves, and then as he leaves, oh wait, there's this great, there's this great moment where he's sinking, and he's sinking deeper and deeper, and then uh, Jimmy, as Saxon, as Rox Saxon is leaving, Jimmy says, "Saxon, it's murder, murder, I tell you." And then Saxon's like, D "Dude, I'm a murderer." Right. He's like. <laughs> As he's leaving. But then he gets held for trespassing. And then he's like, we'll keep you on ice until your trial. When Jimmy's, when Olsen's testimony will end your career. And he's like, but he's dying. So Jimmy sees a, no a noose and is like, I wish I could help him. And then Jimmy tries to call Superman using his watch. But he's like, there's still a chance. So he goes and uh, he. And then the watch doesn't work. I think the watch does work. Oh, no, it kind of works. And uh, he then starts, he's like, he can save me like he, the once he rescued me from the Iron Colossus or the Space Wolves. Now that actually, I guess, never happened. It never happened as far as I know in the, in the, um. It might have happened in the Superman comic. Maybe. Not, not the Jimmy Olsen. But comic. then a hooded figure, guy who looks like an executioner, super, super. Mm -hmm scary guy yeah. rescues him and with the noose hanging from the tree right so in the end the, the security guards like all right well i um we got rocks you're gonna come out it'll be fine his career's over and he's like yeah but who's the masked man that that uh that that, that saved me i wish i could say and then why did he vanish he and also it, said that it would be bad for his reputation if he were to be found out for helping save someone's life and so what it turns out is the guy who saved Jimmy was Boris, Boris Karloff. That sounds very familiar. Wait, wait. Wait, maybe I'll do his voice for you. Maybe that'll help. No. This is an impersonation. Frankenstein? Yes, he was Yay! the voice. He was Frankenstein in the original. I was thinking Dracula. In the original like, movie. No, that's Bella Lugosi. I'll never forget. Frank Gorshin, who's the guy who played the Riddler, did a great. He was known as a as an as a like a solid. He was one of the big three impressionists in Hollywood at the time, mm -hmm. and um, he did a solid, solid Boris Karloff. And his Boris Karloff that I once saw, he was on an episode of Charlie's Angels, and they were okay. interrogating him, and he was going insane. And he was he started in it with his um, Boris Karloff impression, <laughs> and he said, "Antipasto." He said, "The bomb is in." The antipasto. It's not really in the antipasto. I just like saying antipasto. <laughs> he was also yes. the voice of the narrator in The Grinch Stole Christmas, the original. All right, so... Um, Who, Boris Karloff? Yes, the other Boris okay. Karloff. Okay. Not Frank Gorsh. Okay. Boris Karloff. Okay. So uh, then we have an advertisement for Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Roll makes history! Oh, no. They say it was only the artist style that made Mona Lisa's mysterious smile, but the truth of the matter, a Tootsie Roll platter was the cause of the smile all the while. So apparently Tootsie Rolls uh, transcend time. Apparently. 
because it helped Columbus. you know it helped Columbus it helped Washington cross the Delaware mm -hmm. and now it helped Mona Lisa smile and then there's the next the next one which is the story we never dared to print until now the last days of Superman see who replaces the mighty man of steel when he is stricken by virus X an incurable plague fatal to all from Krypton the great three-part novel also features Lois Lane, Lana Lang, Jimmy Olsen, Supergirl, Crypto, Batman, and the Robin, and the Legion of Superheroes, Lori the Mermaid, Perry White, and the Superman Emergency Squad. Not a hoax, not a dream, not an imaginary story, but real. Now on sale everywhere. Right, so I don't really know this story. Neither do I. But I know I. that they killed Superman a bunch of times. Ah, uh, yes, the Invincible Man of Steel gets killed. So but we all know, look. It's a comic. But also, like, he has a comic book named after him. They're not just going to kill him. Correct. So, and there's that TV show. Although, the TV show, I think, was gone by then. I think George re-died. Anyway, so then we have Ollie. And Ollie, uh, it is a, uh, a gag comic. And Ollie has taken... I can't wait for these gag comics to be taken out of these comic books. I really can't. So he takes his dog to an obedience school. And uh, he flunked. Because they're not funny. They're not. And... I just, they're just not, it's not great. So then we have Palisades Amusement Park. It is summertime, time for the Palisades Amusement Park. It is worth 65 cents. And you get a free ride to the Cuddle Up and the Caterpillar. And then this is one of my favorite toys I've run up to now. Oh, no. It is a bomb site. Question? Yes. What the hell is a bomb site? It sounds like something like a superpower where if you look at something and you focus hard enough, it explodes. According to this, you get a precision bomb slate, two exploding warships, three blockbuster bombs, and an exploding tank. It seems to be some kind of game. So, on a bomber... Like an airplane? Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, during the war and stuff. Yeah. There, there were... Like, they didn't just always just bop, drop bombs willy-nilly. They... Some of them hit specific targets. And those people needed... Those people were bombers. And those... They, there was, like, basically kind of like a scope that helped them figure out where the bomb was going to go. I'd imagine. So now you can get, you know, kill people from a distance. Woo. Just like, uh, just like a real person. Oh, so then there was a, now there's also the nuclear naval battle game where you get 132-piece navies, giant battle, three gyro indicators, and simple direction. This is like, there was another one that advertised a war, a war game that actually, I actually found the rules for online. I wonder if, I'm going to look to see if this is the same thing. So, then it brings us to our second story. Do you want to read the second story? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, here she is. Ella Tom Rowland! That was loud. Were you trying to get me to drop my water? No. It would have dropped right onto the microphone. No, no. I just want you to read. I want the people to see, hear you read. You have such a lovely speaking voice. It's one of the reasons why I do this podcast. So that the people out there can listen to you. So why don't you give the people your voice? Just talk any moment now. Stop punching me. <laughs> Stop punching me long enough for you to read. I gave you the opportunity I before. I can multitask. All right, so here she is, L. Plum Rowan. Out of the depth of Earth comes a form of life no human has ever before seen, bringing with it danger of a terrible holocaust. And in this dire peril, it is Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter, who alone can prevent catastrophe. For these terrifying creatures of living flames are Jimmy Olsen's fiery friends. And then, so, uh, then we have the first panel, and the first panel has Jimmy, has Jimmy hanging out with these three guys 
who are totally made of fire. They're like fire spirits or elementals or whatever. And they, go ahead. They look like yetis with red hair. I was going to say fiery Santa Claus. Yeah, I was going to say that too, but I feel like my, my uh, like they're not visibly wearing any clothing. Well, yeah, of course. If there was and a fiery no Santa Claus, hat. if there was a fiery Santa Claus, all of his clothes would have burned up. Yeah. And, so, and it would have made it would make delivering presents very difficult. It would explain the whole chimney thing. Right, that's true. All right, so uh, Lois Lane is running away, and he's like, Jimmy, I won't go, I won't come near you until you get rid of those monsters. And Jimmy's basically standing with his hands out, like saying, what? What? What are you going to do about it? I can't it? help it if they like me. This is like that time that robot followed me around. That monster from another planet. And he scared everybody off. Yep. What? So this is... Uh, you know. Someone should just put Jimmy in, like, I don't know, somewhere where weird stuff can't happen to him on a regular basis. What would be a place like that? I don't know. Hmm. Like some kind of isolation chamber in the Fortress of Solitude? I mean, not that extreme, but, like, yeah. Like, you mean, like, on an island somewhere? Yeah. But then it would turn out that that island was, like, a turtle. <sighs> <laughs> I, I would read that issue. That would be a fun issue. It would turn out that everyone that... finally gained some sort of like understanding of oh, weird stuff always happens exactly. to I, and around Jimmy. Maybe I, we should just like put him far away to protect both him and us. Right, and then it would turn out, like I said, they put him on an island somewhere, and it would turn out that that island was a giant space turtle that would take him into space and requiring some kind of saving. And then they'd be like, oh god. They're like. Enough with, I don't know why they just don't let him die. Uh, so, okay, so uh, it starts that there is a, uh, a volcano explosion on a faraway island. And they go to, they go to cover it. And they, as they're leaving, they see a giant, oh, they go to the, the it's the, is it an island nation? It's a place called Veronia. And Veronia, I guess, Let's was once. Let's assume it's an island nation. Uh, it was once saved by Superman, so they made a big statue of him mm -hmm. and so they're there and they go they're going to watch the eruption it erupts and then when it erupts instead of lava oh wait what's important to note also before it erupts just before it erupts just as when lois lane arrives on the scene who is there but lana lang who is like and i am lois here is, furious. is like i i don't know we're here with the tv which is, as we all know, better than print. I mean, it's and, faster. And, you know, I guess we, we just arrived. I mean, I guess we just arrived faster. And uh, so uh, we beat you guys. There's a lot of raspberries in this episode. No, in this issue. Um, so, they, so it explodes. The volcano explodes. And then with the volcano exploding, instead of just regular lava coming out, these three... More than three. Like Four. All these fiery creatures come out and makes everybody go, ah! So they all run away. And then Jimmy and Mana and Lois don't take them seriously until, hey, look, a bunch of fire creatures. Right. And they, you know, really, more than anyone, they should know that when somebody shouts, hey, there's a monster, the odds of it actually being a monster are pretty, are pretty good because they experience them all the time. Like on an all, probably on like a weekly basis, right. at the very least. Now, Lois runs away, but it seems that the 
fire thingies are attracted to Lana and Jimmy's red hair. Yep. Sorry. There so was a the first thing they do is they don asbestos suits and then they grab fire extinguishers trying to uh, put out the fire creatures, but it doesn't work. It just makes them a little bit peeved. And so they're like, ugh. So then they just won't leave them alone. They're like, oh my God, can we just leave them alone? But then just as they start leaving him alone, they go to set fire to a train. And, and then Jimmy's like, ugh, these things. So they separate the car. They save all the people. And then they manage to get the... They drive the locomotive. Into the... Uh, they, they put them into the burner, but then they come out. Of the smokestack. Right. And so they're, and so they're just constantly having to uh, pick up these different... Methods of method. distracting. Right. And then they... So then Jimmy gets this plan that basically they're all attracted to the color red. So they get the giant cape Off out of the Superman statue. Out of the Superman statue, attach it to tanks, Off. which roll up the hill, fall into the volcano. The guys go to the volcano. The the fire creatures go back to the volcano, and then Superman seals it up, and everything's fine. And question. what is your question? My question is, who puts an actual fabricate statue? I don't know. It's like a flag. No, it's a flag. But why? Why would you? Why? I don't. I don't know. Because <laughs> it looks dramatic. Yeah, but you know what else looks dramatic? A cape that's carved into the statue that constantly looks billowy. Doesn't depend on wind. Well, yeah, but it looks dramatic. <laughs> okay, so then Superman seals it up. Everything's fine. End of story. Then we get to... Tootsie Roll fudge. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's a man in space. Oh, and the man no. in space says, hey, I'm a fudge judge. You should get that printed on a t-shirt and just wear that all the time. Because you love that phrase. I smell merch. I smell merch. I'm a fudge judge. Oh, God. We should... <laughs> No. If we ever have um, guests on the show, we should give them a t-shirt that says, I'm a fudge judge. Oh, my God. <laughs> you think this is the most hilarious thing on the Look, planet. I can't help it. It does rank up there with this robot is trained to smash, to your, smash your camera. camera. Uh, then we have Superman's pen pals. And in Superman's pen pals, they... Oh, somebody wrote, I know that when Jimmy Olsen presses the button on his watch, Superman hears it. But can other animal? can the rest of the Kryptonians hear it? And they say, sometimes. They're not wrong. And then they say, have they ever published a three-part story? And he says, no, we've published some two parts, but not a three-part. They really should publish a three-part. I think that they probably will. They should have published a three-part for Jimmy's 21st birthday. I think at some point they abandoned the three-story thing altogether. I don't know when it is. But I think by the end, they were just doing whole stories with Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. But as promised, they go to the key to the TV stars. The famous TV stars in the first part of the story of Jimmy Olsen, Hollywood star, are Margie. That was the red-haired girl. I have no idea who Margie is. Okay. Red Skelton, Lloyd Bridges, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Phil Silvers, Mitch Miller, Richard Boone, James Arness, Elizabeth Taylor, Buddy Hackett, Groucho Marx, Danny Thomas, Boris Karloff, Alfred Hitchcock, and Jerry Lewis. That's uh, a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And they were all on TV at the time, I guess. Not, was Elizabeth Taylor ever on a television show? Maybe movies, like TV and movies, like right. entertainment stars. But I think most of them are just, they all had a television show of some kind or another. I don't think Frank Sinatra had a show, but he showed up on the Dean Martin Variety Hour a lot. I don't know. 
All right, so then we have stamps. stamps. Nothing interesting to say about stamps. But now, okay, market, 1962, October, issue number 64. So October of 1962 was the first appearance oh, no. of Cell Grit. I have questions. Uh, you there. Was Grit. You look very abused by this. So what is Grit? Grit will become a staple of comic book advertisement. What is it, though? Um, and they always told you, make money. You're not telling me what it is. <sighs> I'm building suspense. <sighs> so they will. you make money by selling grit. Grit, it was a newspaper. I think it was a... So basically they just like, said, hey, kids. Become a paper boy. Become a paper boy. Go, go door to door and sell grit and you'll make money and, you know, and you'll advance the cause of grit. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Grit was kind of a kind of a right-wing John Birch Society. That that was their ad, that was their editorial bent. The John Birch Society was a group that their motto was America, love it or leave it. So, and I actually remember once somebody came to our door and offered and asked us to to buy an issue of Grit. We came came to the door. I think it was, it was my friend uh, Buddy Batta, and he knocked on the door. And I opened it, and he's like, hey, you want to buy some grit? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I'm good. But yeah, this is the first appearance. Like I said, this is right up there with X-ray specs and sea monkeys as an advertisement that you would find in comic books. So did they actually, like, pay people? Yeah. Okay. But it's just it was just that here's a newspaper that really nobody Likes. really will buy or wants to buy. But they made it, and, you know, that although they say, that was it, that over 30,000 boys, 12 and older, sell, sell grit. Okay. It was one of the, yeah, one of those, like, hey, let's get the workforce from the children. Which then brings us to our last story. Yes, readers, it happened at last. For years, Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter on the Daily Planet, has carried the torch for Lucy Lane, but never once has Jimmy's adoring devotion melted Lucy's heart of stone. Well, enough is enough. Lucy has brushed our Jimmy off for the last time. And at last, Jimmy has found a girl who really appreciate him, appreciates him, an exotic beauty who's ready to worship at his feet. However, fate has an out-of-this-world climax for Jimmy Olsen's super romance. And before we see the aforementioned uh, space woman in a TV monitor talking to Jimmy, who is dressed in a, you know, like a spacesuit yeah. and throwing away all of his pictures of Lucy Lane. And the woman says, yes, Jimmy, here in my galaxy, you will rule by my side. And because of the double sun on this planet, you will have superpowers. So forget Lucy Lane and come to me, my handsome, captivating one. And, uh, you don't hear captivating a whole lot as no, a compliment. Not anymore. Captivating beauty. That's what they will always say. So then uh, Jimmy's like, restrain your impatience, Allura. I'll be on my way just as soon as I destroy these souvenirs of a childish infatuation. Oh my god, I have a question. <laughs> you there? <laughs> okay. Um, so there are what, like twelve pictures of Lucy of the garbage at this point? It's a lot of pictures. Okay. Sure. They are. Why? I mean, probably because the comic book artist didn't want to, like, just draw different poses. Well, this one, she's got her shoulder turned, and in this one, she's just facing straight. And in neither one does she have something that has a collar on it. Yeah, I don't know. And, you know, it doesn't help that Jimmy has X'd the eyes out of the Lucy Lane. No, he didn't do that. (laughs) That would be a very serial killer-y thing to do. All right, so, Jimmy, so we start... 
Jimmy's coming out of the pretzel lounge and then sees Lucy out on a date with the guy and he was like, wait, we had a date tonight. And she was like, oh, I totally forgot. And I told this rich, handsome, older guy that I'd go twisting with him tonight. Right. So no hard feelings. And Jimmy's like, okay. Uh, uh. And then Jimmy is at home and then a member of his fan club, the Jimmy Olsen fan club. He's a guy who has his own fan club and he's worried about one woman liking him. And it just doesn't seem like a lot of times he cares about his fan club at all. So at, so he then goes home and the guy, uh, so he somebody gifts him a shortwave radio. And he's like, uh, so then he goes, Gee, exactly. And he's like, well, I guess I'll do this. And so he checks the radio and the first thing he does is he comes in contact with Hawaii. Okay. And uh, Jimmy imagines Lucy as a hula dancer. And then, so he gets then says, sputter, calling Jimmy Olsen, calling Jimmy Olsen, please stand by. And what you find out is, uh, so Jimmy then gets some instructions from this person to like make a special antenna. And through this thing, he makes a special mentor band, which gives him super intelligence. And and so Jimmy is able to wire the radio so that he gets it through the the TV. So what happens is this was all sent by a woman named Allura, who is the princess of the Ashtar galaxy. For years, he's watched, she's watched, she's admired Jimmy from afar forever. Her hair. She has very tall space hair. something else. And so she gave him this it is like twice as tall as her head she's given him this mentor bracelet and he's like i am now super smart so that's what happens he's super smart and she is not unattractive to jimmy because probably because she looks a little like lucy a little bit maybe a lot like lucy except with taller hair and different um, eyebrows. so then jimmy puts on the mentor band and is like i gotta think about this hubba hubba ding ding <laughs> So Tell he, me you didn't just say that out loud. <laughs> I did. I said hubba hubba ding ding. <laughs> oh, God. So the first thing he encounters is uh, somebody stuck in the bank. And then with his superpowers, he opens it. Woo. Because he is able to analyze the tumblers with his super smarts. I don't know. So, and then... And then he breaks a code. Oh, so he runs into the guy who Jimmy was dating, who Lucy was dating. The, 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 the handsome, rich uh, pilot. So he finds out that the guy is a spy and needs to get, and he's like trying to take some pictures of something. And so they get him. And, uh, but Jimmy used his brains to break code in a code book. And, and then it, and it says, vital you photograph new radar tracking installations being tested by U.S. Army at Metropolis Airfield. He's probably a spy for the Soviets. He is a spy for the Soviets. Uh, and Lucy is like, oh man, you are great. Oh, love you. And then uh, she's like, how about we go on a date tonight to the charity carnival? And she's like, sure. And he's like, yeah, sure. Sure, whatever. And he's like, so I finally got, and then he's like, finally, I, you know, I, I finally impressed Lucy. And so he goes home and talks to Allura again. And she's like, I, I saw what happened. R- really? She's like, basically says, why don't you uh, lose that zero in and get with the heroine? Stop. Which is the female version of lose that zero and get with the hero. So she's like, Jimmy, if you come to my planet, we will be love. And then uh, Jimmy's like, you know, I would, but like, it's like, this will never work. Long distance relationships never work. You're in Ash, you're where you are. I am where I am. We have a universe apart. So Allura's like, I totally love you. 
um, you should get rid of this G G Lucy lady. And she's like, you have all these pictures of Lucy? Here's a picture of me. So she gives him a picture of me. How? And then, I don't through spaceways. Oh, okay. And then he puts it in his wallet and is like, I'm going to use this to make Lucy jealous. And then Lucy sees it and, he, and she's like, wow, that's actually a pretty girl, Jimmy. And he's like, yeah, this is Allura snapshot. And in her mind, she's like, oh my God, you couldn't have come up with a more real name for your fake girlfriend, Jimmy, really? But she's like, he, she is pretty. I guess Jimmy has something to him. Wow. Except he calls her Allura, and then she's like, oh, she's his fake girlfriend, okay. Right. So then uh, he uses his mentor band smarts to win all kinds of prizes for Lucy, and... And then Jimmy's like, say, could I take you out again? And she's like, maybe if my other guy cancels for New Year's. Uh, right. And so she's like, man, how can I... Like, why should I be with Lucy when there is a beautiful space woman after me? So then uh, she says... Then she runs into Allura again... And he runs into is a strong word. They start talking on the space phone again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jimmy finally is like, look, I like you. You're great. You like me. We're great. I love you. You know, you love me. We're just so far away it's from It's just each that other. we can't get with each other because you're over there and I'm over here and there's no space. And she's like, I could... Beam you over. Beam you over. Because this is Star Trek. And not only can I beam you over, but on my planet, there are two suns. And those suns will give humans superpowers, I How guess. do they know this? We don't know. Uh, but, so... Also, I have questions. Sure. Why, why are Jimmy's freckles just, like, black, unfilled-in circles? I don't know. Like, it looks like someone drew a bunch of just, like, open circles on his face. I don't know. Okay. So then, he then goes to the Ashtar Gallery, a galaxy, where he sees... <clears throat> It's this planet of beautiful people playing some kind of tennis game. And then he finally gets to, he, he has his superpowers, and he flies to Allura's palace, but... And it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And here's the irony. You ready for the irony? I already know the irony. Here's the irony. Are you all ready for the irony? The irony is, is that Allura is a giantess. And then he's like, but but that can't be. They were normal-sized people. And she was like, oh, those are toddlers. Those are our beautiful toddlers. <laughs> so they can't be together because, of course, tall women can never be with short guys. Although there is an entire, you know, community of fetish people who are all about this. But I guess not that big. So she's like, oh. To be fair, she, he, like, comes up to her kneecap, maybe. Right. Well, yeah. And then so that, oh. So then they're, they're, she's super sad. Jimmy is super sad. And and then he goes back to Earth. And then he's like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I can be with Lucy on New Year's Eve. Okay? But I still have that mentor band. But he turns out he doesn't have the mentor band. <laughs> because it burned up in his pocket on the way through space. Right. All right. So then that brings us to the end of the story. Poor Jimmy. All right. So then we have the last Tootsie Roll ad. It's like, see the little gray spots in each corner of the black squares? No. Well, they're not there, really. Um, do you see them? I do. I, if you look at them, you. I think you can. It's probably, you know, it's it's an optical illusion. It's one of those stupid mind trick things. Right. Oh, I can sort of right. see them, but not really. Which we're not going to get into. So then um, it says, your eyes may play tricks, but not your taste. Try a Tootsie Pop roll. Tootsie Pop. Tootsie Roll Pop. So then... We're in the home stretch. Chet Atkins. The Chet Atkins guitar. Uh, and then also the Frontier Cabin. Now, I want this to be a real thing. Right, but it's not. It's just a big sheet that you hang over stuff. Why can't and it be a real because thing? Because it wouldn't be a dollar. 
And then, so the last is the 150 Civil War soldiers. It's the people who do the uh, the, the the Foot Locker full of sol full of uh, army soldiers doing the Civil War. So you can recreate your favorite. And we're actually on the on the um, centennial of the Civil War right now. Okay. In, when this issue comes out. Okay. And then, so we then go back. Haven't seen him in a while. George Jowett. And then, Muscles, lastly, read the books. Get the grip. And then finally, boys, girls, men, if you know just 20 people, you can sell them cards. Woo. And they'll love you. Nope. And that brings us to the end of issue number 64. Woo. I would like to thank you all for listening. Thank you. Write a review. Subscribe. Follow us, Other Pals Pod, on everything except, like, Snapchat. So on the big three, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, mm -hmm. Other Pals Pod, tell one person one of the stories you have heard here. Or if you know someone, you know, don't tell everybody you know. But if you think you know people who might enjoy this, let them know. And do you have anything? Support your local roller derby. Okay. So until then, this is Gary Rowland. This is Alice Mom Rowland. And we say, uh, Superman away! Oh.